Welcome to Off the Board Sports. We are three professional sports handicappers. In each podcast episode, we will give three to five free sport picks to our listeners. We will also dive into the hottest sports topics around the globe and offer our opinions. Let's get right into our show before our picks Good morning out are there. Welcome off to the another board. edition of Off the Board Sports. This Sunday, October 22, another winning week here. 3-1 and one yesterday. We're going to be recapping our picks there as well as also the NLCS, the Philadelphia Phillies. Take a commanding 3-2 lead over the Diamondbacks as they won 6-1. Also going to be getting into some of the NFL games today as we got another four free picks here in the NFL. One, we're going to be jumping into the first game in the college football recap. Well, had some scares in some other teams as well, but USC and Utah, let's start there as that's the most notable one. Yeah, it was certainly the most notable one. This game was back and forth in that opening quarter, answering score for score. Utah got the scoring go- uh, scoring going with uh, Stone Vaca, the backup running back slash receiver, a 53-yard oh, pass. Man. And then you saw USC. They take the lead, 14-7. Utah answers the end of that first quarter. Second quarter was a big adjustments for both sides. No, no one scoring. Went into the halftime all locked up at 14-14. And then in the third quarter, Utah really made their adjustments. They really started to take control of this game, getting two scores to go up 14. But give USC credit. I mean, USC fought. They didn't give up. You know how USC, when they get down in games, they just lollygag through it. They don't really show a lot of emotion. But Lincoln Riley was showing some emotion yesterday. And then you talked about that bad pass from uh, Brayson Barnes. To Caleb Bullock, the 30-yard interception that got USC really back in this game and this momentum flipped. But then Utah, you, you know, Utah never gives up. They stick to the course. They stick to the, the what they've done there so many years, so, so many seasons have been successful. And they didn't get phased. They, nothing really phases this team and the, the coaching staff with Kyle Whittingham. They go down 31-32. They get the huge yeah. stop on that two-point conversion. People don't realize they stopped USC on two, two times on two two attempts for the two-point conversions. Those were huge because it kept it a, a one-score game, a one-point game. This could have been a three-point game. It could have went to overtime if they would have made just one of those. And then uh, you saw Utah cool, calm, collected, drive on that final drive, and they yeah, make that and, uh, big run by Bryson Barnes, and they knock in the 38-yard field goal. Yeah, and you mentioned Vaca. The, uh, he's actually a defensive player for the Utes. As, uh, he played uh, two well, snaps, and he's he slashed. He does a little bit. Yeah, but well, he's a defensive player. He has 25 tackles, and that was the most notable in this game, the wrinkle uh, Kyle Winningham went to. You saw Jackson, who had 26 carries and 117 yards. And, no, oh, this was his first game playing offense in his college career. Uh, you saw what he did on the ground. Wow. Nine carries for 68 yards and a leading st- receiver. Five catches, 149 yards. Again, we're going to talk about this USC defense. 500 yards, just shy of that. 235 in the passing to Bryson Barnes. That's embarrassing. Wow. 247 on the ground. Caleb Williams was held scoreless. No touchdowns for him. That was key. And... Last year, you know, coming into this season, everyone thought USC was going to be better. I didn't feel that in my opinion, but another close loss. The Utes are 3-0 against USC over the Trojans, and Utah can't say enough about their effort, their will, and Kyle Winningham and that coaching staff. You, I know they got the bad news, unfortunately, that Cam Rising will not be returning this season. Yeah. 
But I'm sure enough that defense will carry them as they always do. But look, and they're in running for another Pac-12 conference title. Yeah, it's going to be tough without their leader, Cam Rising, for sure. But uh, back to what this team has done in seven games, 6-1. and one. They upset yesterday. Me and you both love Utah, especially how USC's looked on the defensive side all season long. they got to get rid of Alex Grinch. One is enough, enough with this team. Um, it's disappointment. You know, the fans there in the Coliseum, um, again, they should be screaming for a new defensive coach, in my opinion. Um, it ain't going to change. It won't be fixed. This is his style. They like to try to outscore you. And it's pretty pathetic how you just mentioned a defensive uh, safety, Vaca, has 150 yards receiving yep. yesterday, 70 yards on the ground. A defensive player was really just the, tore up that defense. was really the difference yesterday. And of course, Queen Jackson had 120 yeah. yards rushing himself. But anyway, let's not forget Bryson Barr's big scramble to get him in a field goal range at the end of the game. 250 yards the Utes had yesterday against that defense on the ground. Wow. Let's go to the Penn State-Ohio State game. We both were on Ohio State. We knew James Franklin can never get the job done against this team. We knew it was going to be defensive. It was. And, oh, God, Drew Allaire, who couldn't even pass more than 10 yards. Wow. 18 out of 42, 4.5 average throw. And I said it before the game. I know everyone was saying, talking about it in-game, that they can't throw the ball down the field and this and that. But Ohio State played everything in front of them. They had no uh, fear of anybody getting behind them. Penn State couldn't get anything going. They got pressure on him. Allen and Singleton did what they could, but Ohio State did a great job uh, sacking Drew Allaire seven times. Only had 49 yards on the ground. That's not a recipe for the Nitty Lions. Kyle McCord made enough plays in the second half, and Ohio State pulled away, like I said. Yeah, I mean, you just mentioned about the running game from both of these sides. Yeah. Both of them are averaging a yard per rush. Look at Ohio State, 41 carries, 80 yards. Talk about Penn State, 26 for 50. Uh, neither of them could get anything going on those Stouts defensive fronts. But um, back to Drew Allaire, everyone, uh, some uh, analysts out there saying he looks like the Tom Brady doing his dunk and dink. Uh, no, this guy would never be Tom Brady. Don't even make that comparison to the GOAT. Um, but Drew Allaire, Drew Eller, um, 18 out of 42. But toughest test by far in his young college career as a sophomore. Um it was just pathetic. Ohio State did anything they wanted. Uh, but give credit to Penn State. They uh, really, uh, defense kept them in. They limit the plays. They limit the big-time receivers. Marvin Harrison had a huge game. But either than that, Kate Stover made some big-time catches in, in timely moments. And then Cardinal Tate had three catches for 30 yards. You know, the talented freshman that he is. But it was really just coming down to the quarterback play. Kyle McCourt outplayed Drew Aller in this uh, game. And uh, really, uh, yeah. Um, it really showed if it, in the stats and on the field. Oklahoma survives against USCF on that late two-point conversion, whereas USCF cannot force it to go into overtime. Other games, we saw Alabama pull away against Tennessee. Texas was in a close game against Houston. Quinn Ewers got an injury there. We'll see what the status of him going forward. Uh, anything else you want to jump in and caught your eye yesterday? You know, you saw Michigan, just another great performance, 49-0 in a rivalry game. Can't say enough about what that team has done. Yeah. Washington looked sloppy, but they got the win and got the job done there. Yeah, I want to jump into the game you just mentioned uh, to start it off with UCF and Oklahoma. Yeah. I, I like what the UFC did in that first half, really causing a lot of pre- problems with that offense. But I'll give Brett Venables his credit when it's due. Uh, 14 points to 6 in the 4th quarter. Oklahoma survives a big-time scare, and they have a great chance now to get to the college football playoffs if you look at their schedule. Very favorable. They got 
on the road next week against Kansas. Yeah. And then you got the Red uh, Stillwater battle against Oklahoma State. On the road, um, that, these two are tricky games though for Oklahoma if they don't get their act together. You know, they yeah, also they got a, got BYU later in the year that could yeah. be a little bit tricky as well. It, it absolutely could be. You know how tough it is to go to Provo, especially in the in the winter months. And um, we'll see how they play there. Yep. But um, Oklahoma, I mean, looking at the schedule, if they could get by those two world games coming up against Kansas, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has been playing really good football, by the way. Yeah. And then you talk about uh, BYU. Uh, that could be a very tricky game on the road. I think they'll win the t- the two home games against West Virginia and TCU. Yeah. But um, those three games are really key coming up for the Sooners and uh, Brett Venables. Yeah, I'm going to go to the NFL slate today. Everybody's going to be talking about the Sunday night primetime game. Juan, you're going to be going into your first free pick of the day. Who do you have in the NFL? Yeah, I'm going to go to this afternoon matchup out in uh, Tinseltown. Steelers getting that bye week going to L.A. You know, L.A.'s been a tricky team early through these first six weeks. They've been a little bit inconsistent, but they've been playing everybody tough. If you look at their schedule in their past uh, games, you know, Arizona, not the toughest opponent, opponent there. Philadelphia, they were in that game for most of it until Philadelphia took over late. The Colts, they went on the road versus Cincinnati, and then, of course, San Francisco were all one-score games. Uh, Pittsburgh, on the other hand, they're, they're a little fit, tough to figure out. You know, um, they got blown out against uh, Houston on the road. Uh, they beat Vegas, they beat Cleveland, and then you talk about San Francisco. But I'm really looking at the quarterback matchup here with Kenny Pickett, Matthew Stafford, who's been playing really well this season at times. But I just think they have enough to overpower the Steelers offense. I just don't like what Kenny Pickett does at the QB position. They've been stagnant on the run offense. Uh, the Rams, you know, they have the better defense slightly. But I think it's just going to make one-dimensional. I think Matthew Stafford would have his uh, receivers. Cooper Cup is back. And Pat Nioka, and then of course Kyrie Williams, the running back, who's having a pretty solid year out of, of course, Notre Dame. Um, 97 carries for 450 yards, getting about five yards of rush. I think it's too much offense. The Sillers will have trouble containing them for four quarters. Give me the Rams, uh, minus three at home. Yeah, I'm going to go to the NFC South in a division matchup here. I'm, I like the Falcons on the road at plus three. Uh, this Tampa Bay team you saw last week against a really good defense, and the Lions struggled. This Falcons defense has been good through the first six weeks. Uh, four in the NFL in total yardage, passing yards. You know, they got a really good uh, stout defense and good corners with Terrell in there and a young defense. Uh, but they got to rely on the running game. You know, you got Robinson, who's having a great rookie year. Uh, you have uh, Ritter, who's been very inconsistent and turnover prone. Six interceptions, had three against the Commanders, Whoa. two of them in the red zone. So uh, that cost him that game. Uh, but I like the Falcons. I think they're going to, like how Arthur Smith said, we got to slow down the possessions. Uh, Ritter, I think you have a bounce-back game. Like I said, Baker Mayfield struggled last week against one of the best defenses in the league. And like I said, the Falcons have been one of the best defenses in the first six weeks. I think Drake London has a pretty good game. I think Kyle Pitts, who's getting more active, 22 catches for 251 this season. Uh, it seems like everybody forgot about him in that offense. But I like the Falcons on the road, plus three. Yeah, I just want to make a quick uh judgmental about this NFC South. It seems like the last two to four years, it's always these teams right around 500, a little below 500. They just don't have the talent in that division, in my opinion. And again, if you look at it, you got Tampa Bay 3-2, and two, Atlanta 3-3, three and three, and New Orleans 3-4, and four, and of course Carolina 0-6. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on this division? Certainly it's wide open. Uh, it's only a bit six games, yeah. five games for some of these teams. A big division matchup in that one. Atlanta, Tampa Bay to see who takes control early on in the season. 
But uh, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, Atlanta, they got, they're got 1-0 in the division. Both of them are actually are. Tampa Bay got a win against yeah. uh, New Orleans. So um, both of them are 1-0. This can go a long way for the South if uh, they can go 2-0. Yeah, looking division. at the NFL this year, I thought the Saints had the clearest path of winning wow. the title what because them? Jesus Christ. you look at what Carolina, obviously, with Bryce Young, Atlanta with Desmond Ritter, and Tampa Bay with a Baker Mayfield who's just stepping in and grooming whoever's going to come in for that quarterback position. But... Yeah. Uh, we thought when Derek Carr was going to come down there that that offense would be able to put up points. They have not. Dennis Allen has struggled. They've settled for so many field goals this year. Uh, you saw against Jacksonville, uh, you know, they had opportunities in the red zone. They just couldn't get it done. There's a lot of miscommunication. Alvin Kamara is not looking like the old Alvin Kamara. That's another big problem down there. Yeah, Their defense is really good. They're still one of the best defenses in the NFL. I still like them in the course of this season to win the South. I think they do figure it out, maybe make a couple of moves at the deadline. Uh, but Michael Thomas, he's been injured the last two years. He has never looked the same as his all-Pro Bowl self. you got Chris Olave, still a young rookie. Had a good rookie season last year. But uh, uh, just uh, so many problems on the offensive side. Derek Carr still getting acclimated to another offense. Uh, we'll see if they can pull it out. But, again, you got to like him over Baker Mayfield and Desmond Ritter and of course, uh, Carolina has no chance to win the division, but uh, we'll see. Uh, big game against Tampa Bay, Atlanta. We'll, we'll see what happens in that one as well. Yeah, we're going to be recapping the three primetime games in the NFL. Mm. We're going to be starting at the early kickoff in Baltimore. The Detroit Lions go there. This is a tremendous matchup, 5-1 and one against 4-2. and two. Baltimore's favored by three. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? You know, the Lions are going to be facing an, a, a very a great opponent here on the road with Lamar Jackson with his uh, ability to run the ball and throw the ball. Uh, you know, they lost their leading running back. The Lions have looked excellent with their defense as well. Yep. Do you think it's enough to go into Baltimore and still this win? Yeah, the Lions are 5-1. and one. Like you mentioned, you look at what they've done on the defensive side of the ball. Like I said, 64 yards on the ground. That's going to be key against the Ravens team. who is going to want to be physical. They're going to want to run the ball between the tackles. Yeah, Lamar was going to want to get his uh, plays as well and, and run. I think that's going to be key, containing him has always been a problem for teams. Uh, you look at the Lions' schedule outside playing the Chiefs, who was 5-1. and one. Uh, They lost to Seattle, but you had the Falcons, Green Bay, Carolina. Those not really tough of the tough of the NFL right there. You had Tampa Bay uh, getting a defensive win there, but... Do I think uh, they have a chance in this game? Certainly. You look at the number over the last, uh, since 2021 with Dan Campbell, 28-12 and 12 against the spread. You know, that has to go good for them. Uh, but I think the Ravens running game is going to be the difference in this game. Jared Goff tends to disappear in these games and commit a couple of turnovers. Uh, so I like the Ravens there in this game. Yeah, I'm on the Ravens as well. You know, I think it's just two tough NFL road games back-to-back weeks for the Lions. I think they will get their second loss. I think it's going to be too much Lamar Jackson. Uh, Andrews at the tight end. And, of course, their uh, old Al Beckham as well as yeah. uh, Zane Flowers, the rookie receiver out of Boston College. We're going to be quickly going in the Chargers-Kansas City game. Can Brandon Stanley finally get a marquee win for this L.A. Chargers team? You know, they lost on Monday night against a really sloppy Dallas uh, Cowboys team. Can the Chargers pull this off? No, I don't think they can. Their defense did look good against the Dallas Cowboys, but they're allowing 420 yards still, and the passing game has certainly been a problem for them. 317, got to clean that up. And Kansas City's defense has quietly been one of the best in the NFL so I think Justin Herbert, we know these two game, teams have played close games over the last two seasons. Line right now at 5.5. I think Kansas City at home. 
and they've just been dominating after losing that for opening game. I mean, again, Minnesota, the Jets, the Bears, Jacksonville, not the best of teams. Their schedule will get tougher down the stretch, but in this divisional game, I like the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Yeah, I think it's just going to be too much of a task to go in there where Patrick Mahomes is just so good at home in Arrowhead Stadium. I think it's too much for Justin Herbert. Only chance they win this game if they win the turnover battle. If they make great decisions when they have a big-time coaching decision to be made, like a 4th and 1, like a 4th and 3 in in the Kansas City uh, territory. But uh, Brandon Stanley, I don't believe in him. I have not believed in him for the last several years. I think Kansas City rolls. Uh, big time today in this uh, AFC West matchup. Yep. And let's get to the Sunday primetime game before we give out our last two free picks. The Dolphins here go on the road in line right now, plus three. The total sitting around 54-55. Juan, uh, I know everyone's talking about this one in the NFL. We actually went down to 52, so people has gone down on the under there a little bit. But uh, how do you see this one? You know, I'm going to get in my opinion quickly here because the Dolphins yeah. are 5-24 and 24 at Versus the teams against their current schedule. You saw when they played a, a superior opponent with the Buffalo Bills uh, on the road, and the Bills just killed them 48 to 20. The Philadelphia Eagles have that same kind of pedigree, same kind of players with Brown, Smith. That offensive line is really good. Jalen Hurts in the running game, and their defense, you know, it looked a little sloppy. They're going to get the possibly Darius Slated back today, which is going to be a big help for them against that Miami uh, receiving core. Uh, but how do you see this one? Do you think Miami has a chance going out there in Philadelphia on the road Sunday night? Yeah, I actually like Miami to pull off this road upset on Sunday night. couple reasons why. Jalen Hurts has not been the Jalen Hurts of a year ago. I said you can have one excellent season, but look at his stats. Seven touchdowns, seven INTs. Um, the completion percentage is, is pretty good at 68%, and the yards are, are okay. I mean, it's not the greatest, but... Uh, He's made plays, but you know, talk about last week against New York making a costly play that costed his team a victory there to be undefeated. Miami, Tua, you know what he does with that electric receiving core. I think it's going to be a, a up-and-down game. I think it's going to be score for score. I think uh, Tyreek Hill has a big game. A.J. Brown has a big game. But I, I'm going with uh, Miami, in my opinion. I think Miami has enough to beat uh, Philadelphia, especially how the inconsistency of this uh, Philadelphia has looked at times. They should have lost some other games, but they, they got wins early in the season. I'm going Miami. Yeah, I like the Eagles. I think at home, you also mentioned uh, the talented young running back, Nachani, who has uh, played really well. 38 carries, 460 yards, 5 TDs, averaging 12.1 per carry. Uh, he's expected to miss uh, 4 games, though, so that's going to be a big loss in the running game for the Dolphins, I think, in my opinion. Uh, you look at DeAndre Swift, who has been quietly a nice pickup for the Eagles. You know, he's uh, had in the passing game and the running game some good, really good games. Uh, but I think the Eagles at home have enough. I think they do bounce back. I think their defense slows Tua. Uh, they slow down those receivers. I like the Eagles at home. Yeah, it's sure going to be a fantastic game to watch, right, with uh, Game 6 in the ALCS. And this That's is the final yep. topic of the day. It's going to lead me into my second free pick of the day. People might call me crazy, especially just what happened out in uh, Arlington. Uh, I'm going Texas here in Game 6. Even money, Fraber Valdez has been absolutely horrific on the mound. But um, he lives for these moments, their experience. Everything's on Houston. Everything's pointing to the Houston Astros to close out Texas in this Game 6. I disagree. I think Nathan Evaldi, he's been their best pitcher in the postseason, 3-0. 
ERA 2.29, strikeouts 24, only one walk, by the way. He's been excellent in that category. And against the Houston Astros lineup, you have to throw strikes. You have to be able to locate your pitches because they're one of the hardest teams to get out, one of the hardest teams to strike out. Um, but I'm going Texas here. I think it's going to be on the shoulders of Nathan Evaldi. I said it the other day to force the game seven and let Max Serger have his redemption against Christian Javier in that matchup and uh, see who's going to go to the World Series. But I think Texas is angry. I think they come out early, especially just being swept. Nobody's giving them a chance to extend this series. Uh, I'm really going to think they're going to try to get after Valdez early like they did in that first start in uh, Game 3. No, Game 2, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give my free Point pick, Texas. and then I'm going to go uh, quickly oh. in the AC- ALCS Game 6, in my opinion. I like the Arizona Cardinals, plus 8.5 on the road at Seattle. Maybe getting some help in that secondary with Buda Baker. Maybe coming back for the first time this season. Uh, but Seattle's banged up. You know, Matt Cap picked up an, an injury in Cincinnati last week. A couple other receivers are banged up. And I think this is a spot where the Cardinals, you know, they had a good win against the Cowboys. They played some teams competitive. I think they get back on track in a division game and keep this game close. I like the 8.5 on the road, so I'll take that. And, yeah, let's get into game six. Juan, you said the Rangers. Everything about this series says it's going to seven. Yeah. Like I said, after the first two at Texas won, I felt like this game was going to be one of those, or this series was going to be one of those series where the road team wins every game, as we've seen in a couple of NBA series and other series around sports. But you got to hold and you got to feel good if you're the Rangers. Mm-hmm. We know how good he is in the postseason. Like you said, 3 0, 2.29. He could save their season and force game seven. And Valdez, what are you going to get out of him? You know, Minnesota rocked him, the Rangers rocked him in the first inning. Uh, he's been quietly one of the best pitchers over the last two seasons, but he's had inconsistency, and you said that. Uh, you look at the first, he's got to go deep. He's got to go at least five innings, get into that bullpen, but all the momentum's on the Astros. I I wonder how the Rangers are going to get up in this game. Are they going to be a little bit flat, though, because they felt like they got let one get away. Obviously, they got to get up and, and try to get this game seven, but it's a top task. You know, the Astros have a, the grip on the series, and... You know, watch out for Kyle Tucker. They call him Game 6 in the MLB world. He's been quiet this series, uh, but he always has that knack for timely hits. We always always know what Otuve can do. He's proven all postseason in his career. Uh, but it's going to be a big task. I think Avoldi's got to be sharp. He's got to locate, and uh, he's got can't get into jams. Yeah, but you talk about, just quickly, he's been surviving when he gets into a yeah. tough jam all season. He's the best in MLB. Yep. Opponents are only hitting 179. You saw when he got out that big jam in Game 2 uh, when the base is loaded, no out. Mm-hmm. But um, he thrives for those moments. I mean, he's not going to be phased. Um, he, he's been so very successful this season when he has a tough spot and it swifts, swifts, switches the momentum back to Texas, his side. Um, but again... Um, Houston has had his number in the past um, um, yeah, against the Um yeah. You know, they got shut down in game two, but they've hit him pretty hard uh, throughout the, the, the his career against Houston. Um, we'll see what something's got to give in this game, though. Uh, I expect a lot of emotion from both sides. Um, I expect a high-ramped game. I expect uh, Texas, like I said, if they can come out early, get a couple runs, let Nathan uh, settle down. And I think they'll be okay in this game, but uh, they have to get it off to a lead. If they get down, uh, I'll have some concerns, but um, they have to get off on uh, Valdez early in this game to win this game six. Certainly do. So we're going to be recapping game six uh, tomorrow and see if the Astros are going to be going back or we're going to have game seven in that series. Also going to be recapping the NFL and the biggest topics in that area. 
I'm going to recap our four free picks here. We got the Rams minus three. We got the Rangers on the road here as a small dog, plus 105. Got the Cardinals plus eight and a half and also got the Falcons at plus three on the road. That's our four free picks. Thank you for listening to Off the Board Sports. For any inquiries regarding our paid services, please email us at offtheboardsports at gmail.com. We invite you to follow us on Twitter at OtheBoardSports and Instagram at OffTheBoardSports. Thank you and best of luck.